You're listening to Peters and Sheep, Rebel Tales from the Land. I'm your host, Terry Dunn, and this is a little trailer for upcoming episodes. As I'm recording this, spring is turning into summer. The cuckoo bird arrived in the last week or so. I can hear its call from a field to the south. The first flush of growth is on the grass. The blossoms are out in the apple trees I planted in February. And we've just gone through a dry stretch during which we till two thirds of an acre that will be a vegetable plot in future seasons. All in all, it's easy to see why our ancestors invested May Eve and May Day with special significance. Living as they did according to an agrarian calendar, closely bound up with the natural calendar and the turn of the seasons. This time, late to mid-spring and early summer, was precisely the time of land conflict, precisely because it was the opening of the agrarian calendar, the time of sowing and new birth and so on. And so it was 100 years ago in early May 1922. And for the same reason one usually had a half yearly or almost yearly rent day around this time. Mentioning rent, of course, points to the role of conflictual relationships baked into the social order, as opposed to, let's put it in scary quotes, disorder, interrupting the normally smooth running of society. There was a new cycle of radicalisation taking place in the summer of 1922. Autonomous, it must be said, from the anti-treatyite hardline separatist defiance of the new Irish free state, though some among the anti-treatyite ranks, such as Liam Mallows and Padre O'Donnell, wanted to make common cause. As part of this new cycle of radicalisation, there was a new wave of agrarian protest. So a headline in the Irish Independence of the 11th of May 1922 barked, The Land Trouble, followed by the subheading, Alarming Spread of the Agitation, and then in bold, The Agrarian Trouble has spread through three provinces, while cattle driving has become more prevalent. Now, cattle driving just means the herding of animals off disputed properties. This was one of the main modes of conflict at the time. As well as this, also reaching a new intensity in the middle of May, there was the situation with Cleves, the big agri-processing company in the dairying region in North Munster. What was going on there was there was a proposed wage reduction, followed by a lockout, followed by the occupation of the creameries and other workplaces owned by the company, a workers' occupation. Arguably, this was different from earlier and other such occupations, because this was with a plan to run the concerns under workers' control, as opposed to the occupation being a tactic to exert pressure. As far as we know, there were 30 to 40 Cleves workplaces taken over, all concentrated in the one region of Tipperary, Limerick and North Cork. This was the most radical moment in the Irish Revolution, a new cycle of struggles that faced not the old enemy with its heart beneath the crown, but a new Irish free state. Every revolution has a hidden history which has to be excavated because new revolutionary regimes make the story all about themselves or counter-revolutionary regimes make it all as if it never happened. Drawing on lots and lots of such scholarly excavations, Murray Bookchin brought out a couple of books in the 1990s called The Third Revolution. The name from noticing a coincidence that both the Great French Revolution of 1787 to 1799 and the Russian Revolution of 1917 to 1921 so calls for a third revolution. In both, there was an effort to continue the revolution against new post-revolutionary states, these efforts to Bookchin representing moments of direct democracy and popular sovereignty. Bookchin also points back to other instances like the Putney debates in the English Revolution or Shays' Rebellion after the American Revolution. The point is, there is this new third cycle of revolution with an effort from below to push the revolution into new, more radical directions or to recover its original vitality. So, for instance, the Putney debates in the English case featured demands for a universal manhood suffrage 
raised by what was known as the Leveller faction of the New Model Army. So as I started to script and record the new Peelers and Sheep episodes and do a bit more research, the dawning realisation came to me that the summer of 1922, that was Ireland's third revolution. At this point, I dug out my old, very battered copy of the Third Revolution, Volume 1, bent every which way from being brought across Europe in a backpack. So anyways, the summer of 1922. In this scheme, we would have the Home Rule Crisis as the first revolution, the rise of Sinn Féin, particularly in 1918, as the second, and then there was the disparate moments of the summer of 1922, which, I'll argue, constituted the Third Revolution. Most notably in the summer of 1922, there was a new round of agrarian protest across a wider geographical area than before, and the Cleves Creamery Soviets. But more than that too, now, I'm not arguing that the Civil War went down on left-right lines, but we have to consider it as well. In each phase, there is, of course, an overlap. So what we see in the summer of 1922 is also the culmination of earlier mobilisations and earlier conflicts. Likewise, we should expect to see in, in revolution the drawing on of older repertoires and older ways of doing things and older modes of thought. So the fact that the ranch war that happened before 1914 was a precursor of movements in 1920 and 1922 shouldn't surprise us. Any more than when you go back to look at the Great French Revolution, you'll find that the actions of the Saint-Colottes were often influenced by an ancient regime tradition of food riding that dates way back before 1787. So future episodes coming down the line will be on popular struggles in the immediate post-treaty period, the post-independence period, if we can call it that. And we'll be looking at the build-up to Ireland's Third Revolution, what constrained the Third Revolution, and what was the nature of Ireland's revolution in general. So stay tuned. New episode entitled Red Flag and Kilmalik will be out shortly. You're listening to Peterson Sheep. Remember to subscribe to be sure to get the upcoming episodes. Peterson Sheep is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. Also, please share news of the projects on social media. If you like what you're listening to, don't keep quiet about it. And to everyone who has been sharing the news and announcements, it is appreciated. Thank you. Next episode is called Red Flag and Kilmalik, out real soon, all about the winter farm strikes of the winter of 1921 stretching into 1922, in a new situation where state power flies the tricolour and there's a new type of peeler. <laughs>